0: Hi there, my name is Aditi Surana. I'm a graphologist and a high performance coach. And this is India's first graphology-based podcast show called Absolutely Right. You got it right, it's all about using handwriting to know personality at a deeper level. So each guest that comes on the show, we handpick these guests because we truly believe in their journey, and their vulnerable nature to talk about anything and everything that may show up in their handwriting analysis. So It's fascinating to talk about real people, real conversations in a raw format. Today we have a guest, Uh, before I introduce her, let me talk to you about uh, online dating. Have you tried online dating? Personally speaking, I genuinely struggle with this concept. I feel, you know, in graphology, we say signature is all about your public image, all the projections that you make, the way you want people to look at you as, and you kind of manipulate that information all the time and signature gives away that information. So when I look at these dating apps, I find people are constantly trying to prove how cool they are, how nice they are, how different they are. But then I found this interesting company that instead of using algorithm, actually uses human conversation to get to know people. And with the help of their understanding and the team's understanding, they pair you up with somebody just for a cup of coffee. The company is called Self Coffee, and our guest today is the co-founder of the company, Naina Hiranandani. Naina originally comes from media background, where she worked with the Indian Express, Ogan Publication, and after going through that journey, 12 years ago, she decided to become an entrepreneur and join her brother in this interesting venture you know, when people were still exploring Indian dating. So she works with global Indians. So through the conversation, we speak about her personality, her leadership, understanding dating as a space and how people throw their frustration in any service industry and how to deal with it. Now, if you have all these questions or if you're looking for dating tips, this episode is for you. Go ahead, keep your handwriting sample ready because I will be describing her personality through her handwriting sample and you can get to know yourself just by matching if those strokes are present in your handwriting or not naina will join us in a moment stay tuned hi naina welcome to absolutely right how are you doing very well thank you Aditi, for having me So, dating and that also NRI dating, how is it like, what is the global citizen dating like? Before I jump in and talk about your handwriting, I've always been curious about why this segment and how is it different from any other dating
1: app? Anyone that you speak to decided to create something or invent something because there was a void. I think my my co-founder and I, Sunil, who's also my brother, really okay. related to that. So we are what you would call a third, third culture kids. We grew up in um, Southeast Asia. We went to United Nations schools. So very okay. sort of global upbringing where I had, you know, classmates from 25 different countries wow. in, in one uh, sort of classroom, which is very interesting because the conversation wasn't like, you know, the regular, what do you have for lunch today? It was literally <laughs> like understanding nuances and people. So, when you sort of grow older and you know you come of age as they say so every indian parent as usual gets into the whole shadi do you have someone in your life you know you've now everything's great what are next steps and i felt like you know what was out there at that point um and i'm talking about 2009 2008 mm-hmm. 2009 just didn't resonate with us so mm-hmm. there was um, the dot-coms in the, the very traditional sense where you're asked cast and, you know, height, tone, height, <laughs> uh, weight, which I find Wait. like really <laughs> offensive because I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? Um, and then you had traditional pandji, pandijis or matchmakers who were community-based. Right. So it was also really strange, like if, if I'm, you know, I, I'm a Sindhi, I could only meet Sindhi guys through this right. person. And and there's like this whole um, FBI level of vetting that happens without our knowledge, right? So it's sure. that person's parents, your parents, having a chat. Depending on how that conversation is received, you would you know move to level two and do all of that. And so we built Surf Coffee purely out of this you know this need. Like there was just no way for someone who's you know not lived in just one city, doesn't have mm-hmm. one stereotype mindset. Um, who's educated, who's well-traveled, who's culturally astute and wants to meet someone like-minded, right? Mm -hmm. And that is not a new phenomenon, right? That's been sort of, I think, problematic because that whole, you know, Subhash Gai era, like Pardeh style, where like brides went to the U.S. from here and didn't know what going to America was like, or like they didn't speak English, like that doesn't cut it anymore. Everyone's Mm -hmm. well-traveled, they know what's happening around the world. So, why is it so hard to meet your partner? It's because you don't have the avenues to do so. True. right? And and, and you created this niche for yourself. Definitely. I mean, I think that was a huge strength. It still is. But what's even more interesting now is that India is part of our top five sort of markets as a service. So country okay. of one billion Indians, mm-hmm. right? Brown people, Desi people. Um, mm-hmm. And we still have such a strong resonance for Surf Coffee because... Just someone that you meet from Bandra doesn't want to go to a Panditji, doesn't want to do a dot .com, doesn't want to swipe left or right anymore. You know, nice. everyone's evolving. So it's been interesting to see that. So I love working with both. I mean, I've been in India now for a long time. So I love working with, you know, both types of, you know, members. And, and right. I think there's an interesting flavor right there because we're not who we were 20 years ago. Sure, sure.
0: So on that note, I have your handwriting, and you know, uh, I'm gonna pick up from that line. We are not who we were, and I remember seeing your handwriting last year in our social initiative uh, during the lockdown, and we spoke about anxiety, and I was doing. Uh, analysis like we had four analysis session for free every single day and somehow you signed up for it and you said okay let, let me figure this out let me try this out and I have that sample so when I looked at today's handwriting sample I could see a huge shift so, and very positively in that sense so congratulations before I say anything about your handwriting <laughs> but do you have any question for me
1: Um. Yeah, I know I felt the change as a person and, you know, even circumstantially, right, a lot about I think who you are is things that you're self-aware about, but also like mood, environment, you know, just everything, right? And I think last year was just really, uh, I think, difficult for all of us. In different Um, ways, but yes. Yeah, yeah. It was just difficult to handle because it was something that we were all going through as one throughout the world and we didn't know how to deal with it. I think a lot of stuff that you said also really helped me address certain things, right? Or try to look at them as solutions and I think that just gave me a lot of hope as well, you know? So I guess my question is, do you see... I mean, it's remarkable, but you can see that much change just by... (laughs) Sample? I mean, or do you think like, has has someone really changed or are they like, is this just, you know, a a good phase or a mood? I mean, I don't know. Has that happened as well? Like, they can go back (laughs) to being uh, that? So I always say this, that personality is a process. So
0: like your body shifts and changes as per your food and the diet and the workout. Similarly, your mind is also changing. So there is no situation for anybody under the sun where the personality remains constant or consistent. We keep changing. Some people are stubborn about their behaviors, So they take a long time to change certain things. And then there are people who are more flexible and they drop their behaviors very easily. That's the only difference. If I have to look at your handwriting... Uh, You are not an easy person to change things. So let me begin there. And the fact that so many things have changed in your personality, which means you have genuinely worked at internalizing certain behaviors, certain patterns, changing things, you know, by, by working at it which is commendable, because not everybody can do it. And not everybody is willing to walk into the discomfort of changing whatever they know about themselves. So you worked at it, you know, to be a better leader, better spouse, better person, but you are very, very clear that I got to change these things. And I believe certain processes that you have used have definitely worked for
1: you. I'm happy to hear that.
0: (laughs) now one of the things that i see in your handwriting we call it the tapering ends which means when you end a letter the ending stroke which where the end the for example letter e is ending so there is a stroke which goes you know at the end and it can become tapering so it becomes very light by the end yeah. that is a very peculiar very minute stroke of indecision So when you have multiple things to choose from it becomes very difficult for you to pick your choice you get into like okay but this is this has this benefit this should be done this is so so helpful this person was so nice and then taking one call and closing on things is a is a challenge or a bit of a struggle
1: yeah no um you're right right from what i have to order on a saturday night to like planning a trip and figuring out which destination it's going to be um this is this is so true i think with time um i've learned to sort of work on that right to just be like i think what happens at that is that we're so hard on ourselves right if you made a decision and it's not the best decision i'm just saying it could be anything it could be dating related, it could be uh, work related, and they are just like, damn, I should have seen that coming. I think I get into this mode where I judge myself, you know, based on that. So I I think one of the things I probably, you know, want to get better at is just, okay, this is what I'm going to (laughs) do, you know, and take the good, the bad, the ugly that that come with it.
0: So then if if you really have to do this, the way of not judging ourselves too much comes from not taking ourselves too seriously and also not taking everything personally correct now how do you do that you know every time you make a decision some parts are about you and some parts are about your work and or some parts are about your choice or you know things that you do but we mix both of them yeah. If you cook something great, you believe I am great. Not you, but all of us do, right? Yeah. Like, like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm, I'm like this chef or whatever. And if we uh, screw up and if we don't do it, don't do a good job of it, then we suddenly go into that zone like, oh my God, I, I think I should have done this. I should have tried that. Yeah. So you, we become self-critical. The very moment we start separating us from the work, you say, okay, I'm going to try this recipe and I'm going to figure this out. It may fail, it may not, but like, this is an experiment. And when we start doing it, then we become pr- pretty much like the physical helper to the recipe uh, to come alive. Yeah. Similarly, with work, and we take, especially entrepreneurs, identify with their work to way too much than other people. They believe my company is doing well, that means I'm my a- life. <laughs> This is where the biggest struggle happens. So I believe one of the things that can really help you is to consciously on a daily basis, ask yourself, was it really me or how can I differentiate between these two things? My work and myself, my choice of whatever I choose from dressing to destination, because judging yourself comes from having people around you who judged you a lot while growing up. So when you're trying to fit into everyone else's uh, environment, their preferences, it becomes your second nature. Yeah. Now, I know we're going to speak about your signature in the end in our segment called Autograph, Please. But here I have to talk about this. The way you sign, you write only N and then you write your surname and, you know, there are other letters. But with that, you really adjust a lot. Anytime it comes to your preferences, doing things your way, you're like no, no, let me take everybody else into consideration. And if other people are not happy, if they are not up for it, if they are not like, like excited about it, then you wait or you mold or you change or you alter. And that is, you know, that is definitely a lot of work in relationship. But also it is being extremely sensitive to other people's needs and they feel very happy being around you. But most times, I would not even say at times, most time, you, you do it at the cost of your own preferences.
1: Wow, really? I thought I was, you know, being the, the difficult one or like, I know, I know I'm a little bit of a people pleaser. I do feel that um, like I just want everyone to have a good time, right? So if it's something as basic as planning a trip. I want to make sure that everyone's needs or requirements are met they're comfortable there's no like bad vibe or like oh i was just pushed to do this because you just know right um people around you so i know that if someone wasn't doing that for me and and i got upset or whatever i'd be vocal about it Mm because i am that person as well if i'm not having if something's bothering me (laughs) it's going to come up (laughs) somehow unfortunately (laughs) like a bubbling you know Mm -hmm. little volcano yeah yeah like, pressure yeah, cooker, but, like
0: one yeah, finally yeah. blow.
1: but that's interesting to sort of um hear you know from an impartial perspective where yeah with the signature at least that's that's almost like for me seems like a little unbelievable i'm like acha. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. And this is where handwriting or graphology really helps. We have different ideas of ourselves. And we believe that I am this and I'm that because they're all subjective ideas. This is how you think you are. But that neutral perspective, that objective perspective, how would we have about minute behaviors? You know, even if you take a psychometric test where you are answering the questions, you're still, you are answering the questions. You may influence them and consciously you may choose to do that, but subconsciously you will do it because your understanding of you You is is always colored. And here, I, every time, you know, sometimes while going through difficult phases in my life, every single phase, I remember writing down on a piece of paper, some sample of writing and looking at it after two, three days, because that time it is still active in my mind to see what exactly going on. And that that's a, that's a great tool. I have a question for you. So after 12 years of seeing people date one another and getting it wrong or right in whichever way, What are your three to five things to tell our listeners to keep in mind when they use dating as an option to find people, online dating to be precise?
1: The first thing would be is to always pick a medium that resonates with who you are, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to sort of say there's something wrong with the matrimonial.coms or this or that or traditional matchmakers. But if that's not who you are, just don't kid yourself right? Because it just throws you under a, you know, you're throwing yourself under the bus, right? So if you go on a .com which has the word marriage in it, and you know, you're not the kind of person to meet like three times and get engaged, then <laughs> you're just signing yourself up for trouble. So identify how you want to do it. If you feel like you want to meet people organically, only through your friends and relatives and family, great. Stick to that, Stick but, to that. you know, uh, because you're most comfortable with it, but also have the wisdom after every sort of couple of months or years to reanalyze where you're at. Right. We all also change. I mean, I've tried Aditi, I've tried the whole arranged marriage thing at an early age because we were not, we were just, we didn't have anything else and conditioning. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. My mom was like, go meet a guy. I'm like, okay. You know, I also <laughs> took it very lightly back then. But then with time, I realized, hey, this is not my scene. So, so how did would you meet your one? husband? Through a friend, thankfully. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there's, there's a whole, uh, which probably brings me to my second thing. I think relationships are an investment. You have to sort of, there is no perfection, right? This is all in our head or it's pop culture. It's what you see. But you know what works for you what doesn't work for you but it's it's work in progress so comparisons to oh my friends have it like this oh my friend seeing a guy and he did this for her he he booked like a trip to the maldives as a surprise birthday why isn't my partner doing that these are very real things that i see people (laughs) discussing and i'm like wow (laughs) but um it's investment, right so if you they there's this beautiful analogy that I think uh, some American um, psychologists came up with it. It's like a box, it's like marriage or relationship is like a box. you keep putting stuff into it, right? You just mm-hmm. don't take stuff out. you also need to keep filling it as does your partner. um The third thing I would say is be open minded. It is such an underrated thing like like you said, we're far too judgmental. snap judgments is like. Our middle name, right? Nope. Because <laughs> Google everything. Do you want to eat at this place tonight? The Before first thing Google. you do, yeah, you'll read a review and you'll be like, listen, the last five people have not enjoyed their soba noodles. I will not go here. Mm-hmm. So, um, unfortunately, we can't do the same with people. I know plenty of folks who've met someone, they started seeing each other in like four weeks. The emotions were completely different. In like, I don't know, 14 months. You know they they decide to get engaged. Hmm. How do you know what's going to work for you or not if you're not open-minded right? Hmm. Um, and and i would I would say the last thing is like communicate um, you know openly in your relationship. It's something we've also spoken about earlier, and like I know it's one can be the most articulate person, and you can have all your thoughts you know like ready to go. But you can still have communication issues. But these are very... um, So if you meet someone on an app and they're looking to hook up and you're not, just be honest and open at that point. If you've met a guy twice or someone's gone out on a date with this really nice girl, it's been three months and you're not feeling it, you feel there's no future here, just be honest. Communicate with each other and tell them that, right? Instead of ghosting, disappearing... Mm -hmm falling off the grid like that's just something i feel that's so bizarre like aditi i can't relate to it like i don't even ghost like if some random person writes to me for like an internship i will reply i'll be like tujhe jawab you know, <laughs> you're probably like looking at your inbox saying i'm written to 10 people someone will reply to me right i always just respond to someone saying hey i i would love to do this or i'd have to decline or like I know like we've been trying to catch up, you know, and do sure. this for so long, but I've always been honest about where I am at that given. So within any relationship, I would not say not just like romantic, you know, love oriented. I mean, it's love with your parents, your co-workers, your siblings, just articulate what you're feeling. Because I think our culture is also about not expressing all hiding. Yeah, hiding, yeah, true, hiding. True. and like even even I, I see that dynamic with parents and their kids, you know, like um, so much. Yeah, they may have really evolved, traveled the world, and it's like I can't tell my dad that. Yeah, I'm like, really, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, like women come to me and they're like, my parents are still expecting me to marry a Marwari. I'm like, well, not to get all Oprah on you, but that's your battle to fight. <laughs> you can't you can't like have me call your mother, yeah, and tell her <laughs> that you don't sure. want to do this. So. I think these are short, uh, small, I mean, difficult things to do, but I think if we actively work on them, you will break through, you know, just being open-minded has a lot to do with also just, you know, letting positive changes come into your life. I think somewhere it is interlinked, right? Um, It's not just about saying, no, let's close the door right now. Because you could be doing that in 15 other ways. You could be closing the door on your career. You could be closing the door on your own personal goals because you're just like, no, no, it doesn't work for me. So Mm -hmm. I think these are things everyone can do, honestly. Next question. It was about something you said, um, you know, when people who work very hard to build something on their own are very passionate about it. This is maybe a little related to work as well, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Where you've, literally blood, sweat and tears to to create a business, to create relationships, foster them, build them over time. And sometimes, not sometimes, actually a lot of times, I think I also brought this up with you last year where I noticed that because of the stress of the lockdown and COVID and things that people were going through, sometimes they're just frustrated Right, or they're not in a good place and they take that out on a service or someone they're working with. Because also, relationships what I do is very, very sensitive and personal to people, it's actually life changing. Right, if you end up dating someone, I'm not even gonna get to like you know something uh, more set in stone, even if you're in a short relationship or you're spending a lot of time with somebody, um, you your personalities rub off on each other, there's major impact in the smallest Mm -hmm. ways that you do not even see like suddenly you will find yourself ordering more Asian food because he likes it, you mm-hmm. know, or like you're watching this kind of film because it's something they introduced you to two weeks ago. So yeah, sorry. My question's a little long winded, but oh, you know, on. you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's just like, this is very personal and sensitive. And sure. sometimes I feel like you have maybe a clash at work or you're, you're dealing with somebody who just doesn't see your point of view, mm-hmm. right? Everything, the truth is not absolute there's always versions of it. Right. Um, and so their truth may be this and your truth may be that, I don't know, how do you advise or how do you sort of suggest, um, being at peace with, you know, tackling that situation, but not compromising on your integrity. Like, you know, you didn't screw up, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right. You know, you didn't do anything wrong, but at the same time, you know, you're like, do I really want to have it out with this person? You know, you pick your battles, right? But how do you make peace with that and move on, <laughs> you know? In a in a way where it stops. You know, you spoke about this. It does affect us personally, right? Because we tend to see it as one. It's it's easier said than done to be able to to split that. But what are your um, ways of coping, fixing, or like self-adjusting? You know, to to sort of be a little more objective and detached, if that's that's a loaded question with
0: so many new answers to it. So I'm going to, before I answer the question, I'm going to articulate the question one more time. You're saying that when somebody is in a relationship, uh, you know, dating short term relationship are serious in nature so that you have uh, acclimatized yourself with the other person quite a bit. And now you realize that some parts of their behavior are not acceptable, and you say, Now what do I do? Like, some yeah. parts I so like this
1: could also be work, work related, Aditi. I think, in fact, um, I would say it's sometimes a graph that we go through with our clients. Like, some of them are super smooth, we love working with them, we're happy to like, we even renew their membership, and then some are just like, feel, feels like pulling your hair out, you know, because you're just like, kya hai? You know, so <laughs> w- what are just maybe ways to, to cope with that? Okay, so I'm going to talk
0: about your relationship with your clients and I'm going to walk into my professional journey a bit. So being a coach and also with graphology, most of the time I am approached by people when they're dealing with the toughest phase of their life, like a transition or a divorce or things that are not working or when they want to really crack through this big challenge and be better than what they were. In all these situations, they're uncomfortable, they're cranky, they're irritable. And all these behaviors are so clear in their handwriting and in their nature that it is difficult to deal with situations. So my thumb rule is whenever people bring in their emotions, their behaviors, all of that in the session they're not talking to me. They are talking to somebody they want to solve this problem. So if they're throwing something at me, it's because they cannot hold it back. So the very moment you step away from the the emotional bombardment that happens, you'll be able to see things for what they are. And also having an understanding into being you know, their own journeys, which also for me happens through handwriting. So I really understand if somebody is dealing with anxiety, a small change or small shift in their, uh, say, calendar date or anything that we do becomes like a big issue. And then they use you as a punching bag to just express yeah. what is happening. Yeah. So fundamentally not reacting to their so-called behavior comes from constant journaling. It's a thumb rule. It's a you know something that when uh, the team who handles clients always to do this because when you journal you understand that the person is reacting in a certain way and you have a choice whether to react or not. So that's first one. Second one, if people are throwing certain tantrums over and over again, I'm, I'm now I'm going to step back and talk about personality at large. Yeah. I also believe that it is yours to look at. If you have certain people showing up in your experience, in your work environment over and over again, yes, that is your client's requirement. They will be frustrated because they are going through a phase or the lockdown was such that people were more anxious. Still, if it is showing in your environment over and over again, there is something called tact that all of us can develop. So if there are repetitive behaviors, then you say, okay, can I try this option? Oh, I don't think that worked last three times I tried it. Can I try something else? Can I figure something else? So that whole curiosity of asking yourself, what else is possible? What can I do? What can I say? How can I phrase this sentence? Can I uh, stop here, put my foot down or should I like take a back seat? Now, these are the negotiations, which you will have to do with different people to see one, what is your style? And second, what works the best in a situation like that? But you cannot do it. All of us cannot do this when we take these remarks personally, or we become egoistic about how we should be treated, right? And I know so many people, even in my profession, they were like, "But how could this person speak with me like this? But no, they were not speaking with you. They were trying to emote and they were like trying to say, they felt this is a space to do that. So in my case, when people have reacted and people have said, what is this bullshit? I don't agree with your point of view. I remember sitting there and saying okay it's okay if you don't agree. Is it okay if we conclude this session or do you want the money back? So when I kind of became calmer instead of like getting aggravated and you can't pretend to do that that's the biggest problem you just if you pretend to do that it sounds so artificial but if you genuinely understand the context and if you become calmer it is a big biggest diffuser is being calm in the situation yeah because people are trying to get your reaction so that they get the frustration correct companion correct you know, to, right. to banter with or to kind of have that back and forth with. And we do it when we really do not feel important enough in our lives. And we want to feel the entitled importance in a service industry like that. And that's why people behave with um, a restaurant staff in a certain way or like house help in a certain way because they're the authorities unquestioned. Yeah. So then you can do whatever you want to do and that, that authority is still maintained. And this is what we got to change or shift when it comes to Mm. these perspectives. I have to look at your one letter in your writing that is lowercase letter T. And it is written with a point at the end. It's like a little cross that you make. You do not have the softer point at the bottom. And that talks about being very blunt, straightforward and saying things as they are. (laughs) Another aspect of your writing where you have pointed formations very angular kind of formation that talks about your analytical skill and your speed of execution on and your desire to move forward are you an impatient person no you're not but are you a quick person yes you are so there is a difference impatient people really want to finish things and move to the next level but you tend to be very fast so if you are given a task if you can do it in three hours you want to do it in two hours not because you want to you know, rush to the next one because you think that I can be more efficient. I can, you know, find the quickest possible way. And that pursuit uh, is mostly misunderstood by others around you. Mm. But this is who you are. So once you train people, they get with the program, they see the value in why you function the way you do. But until they do not, they keep wondering, why is she rushing? Why is she being impatient? So next time anybody tells you that you are an impatient person, please disagree or at least
1: don't take that feedback to heart. No, that's 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 great to to hear. Um, I always thought that it just it just was genetic and came from my mother, <laughs> because uh, she is that kind of person. What other question do you have? From? So um, this is something else that I was thinking about as well. Like sometimes um, I feel like I am an intuitive person. I also get into a zone which is very uh, dreamy, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like I don't know, just imagining uh, the future or a situation. I don't think that's necessarily um, a a negative thing because in fact, you, you should visualize, you know, things that you, you know, you'd want to achieve someday or things that you'd like to imbibe. So I see it as that. I don't see it as a, you know, this is my escapist kind of dream world where I zone out and then I just, um, but sometimes I feel like when I, I I do feel uh, strongly about something, right. Desire to fulfill I also feel that I'm equally chicken shit to execute. You know, it'll just be festering and I'll be like, yeah, not now because, oh, work is too busy. This is happening. This is happening in the family or like socially. I can't do it. But the truth of it is, I don't know if I can or cannot do it. I need to try. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. This is something I feel I'm stuck with. But okay.
0: So first thing first, are you an intuitive person? Partially, yes. You know, so many times you have uh, these ideas that come to you and you can see them clearly. You can, you know, palpably experience it before, way before they happen or they come true. And then you pretty much use them as your guiding uh, GPS mechanism and you kind of yeah. use them, you know, like literally you're like, oh, I, I felt that way and very strongly about it. Now, coming to your next point, you said that, am I a daydreamer? So in handwriting, we have a peculiar stroke for daydreaming where when you write your letter T, the horizontal line, if it flies off in the air those people are clear daydreamer. You do not have that anywhere in your writing. So I would say, sorry, I do not think you're a daydreamer. You're rather an end result oriented person. Coming back to the comment that you made in the beginning, you know, if you commit to something, if you say this is what I want to do, you want to make sure that you deliver on that promise. You do everything in your capacity. And I believe that you believe Uh, One should always under-promise and over-deliver so that you're not necessarily disappointing people. So when you walk that path, when you always uh, behave in a cautious manner, now the experience of not committing to the experiment or the larger game or the risk, uh, yes, there are two major challenges we have. And I'm going to explain this. It may sound really weird to hear these concepts, but just stay with me for the next five minutes. One is called fear of failure. We all understand that. like, Okay, fear of failure. I may like, you know, fail and then I may feel embarrassed and I don't want that. So I might as well like cut that possibility. So I'm just being cautious. So on one side, you do have fear of failure. And on the other side, you have something called fear of success. Really, <laughs> that's like the. <laughs> it is literally like these two, you know, yaha uh, kua, vaha kai. I think that's that's the term in Hindi. But let's literally like weighing both these options. And so, what fear of success means that if I become successful very quickly, beyond someone else, uh, you know, in my family or other people around me, then that, that might create a, a challenge in the future a problem in the future. To avoid that future possible problem, we tend to duck down, hide, not achieve what is possible. And the two handwriting strokes that talk about it are first one, fear of failure, is where your second hump in the letter M is taller than the first one. And the second one, what I said, is fear of success, is when you're writing your letter Y, lowercase y, Mm -hmm. you complete the loop and by the end of the loop, you kind of tilt that loop little down. So instead of going all the way to the neck of the, the letter A, you know, G or Y, yeah, there's a little yeah. neck there. So instead of going up there, the letter turns and it yeah, goes like bas- down. Oh, yeah. Bas-
1: yeah
0: again, I do want to go. <laughs> I <don't wanna> <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs> Delhi and Delhi suddenly you're like, oh, no, I think Calcutta jana go. So you suddenly you change your plan and you withdraw at the last minute. Have you seen yourself doing that? When it comes to receiving credit for the work you have done, you shy away from that.
1: I I do. I don't feel very comfortable with it. Like I don't want the limelight. Yep. You know that uh, is one of
0: the the quickest way to identify fear of success. Mm -hmm. So limelight, recognition, people praising also setting that that standard so high that you have to constantly out-create that standard, that
1: becomes pressurizing. We had a client uh, from Singapore who's just so full of praise for us. Like once, I think on New Year's, she wrote me an email. It was like literally Aditi, like a one-page love letter. Aww. I got so, em- I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was just like, guys, I hope no one, like I marked it as unread quickly so that,
0: you know, these guys
1: i was just like this is making me blush you know <laughs> literally you know goosebumps adrenaline cuz i don't know again i'm i'm going back to sort of maybe how we were raised i feel like also as indian parents don't pat you on the back for everything right i it's, wouldn't
0: generalize that Nen. i would say okay my parents, parents
1: did yeah <laughs> <laughs> like they'd just be like acha okay great you you like topped this english class okay Great, Chalo, I don't know, it was just never a big deal. Maybe that's how they were sort of brought up. It's not like they didn't shower um praise, yeah. attention, yeah, love. In fact, I see I see that pride now. You know, after we're all sure. grown up and like we've had our careers, we've chosen people we want to be with, we've moved on with our lives. Now it's just like my mother, to walks around with this inflated chest you know, everywhere. Like my kids are doing this, and the second one's doing this, the third one is doing this. I'm like, bus, bus, <laughs> you know. But um, maybe because they felt like I don't know, this was the way to mold us, or like mm-hmm. they didn't get that, um, you know. Maybe it comes from that that whatever I'm doing is is good, but it's not a big deal. Yep. You know, because like five other people can do it too. So True. I don't know. It just made me think of that. That could be one. But also uh,
0: professionally, I feel it. it is more of an adult trait that develops when you start working. And when you got recognized over others, you saw the repercussions of that. You saw how it made other people uncomfortable and that created unnecessary competition in their minds and then you had to deal with it. You said, I, I might as well like, you know, stay away from all of this and focus on my work. So that I feel is a cool. bigger reason to to have fear of success than your parenting. So let's go to the next segment of our conversation called Autograph, Please. Now, for our listeners and viewers who do not know why we do this segment, so your signature talks about your public image, you know, how we are different when we step into a party, when we talk to formal people, but at home, we are different people. Now, graphologically speaking, your handwriting talks about who you are when you are at home or when you are in your bedroom by yourself, you know, expressing yourself. And then signature talks about how you behave when you step into your public zone. And we all have these two faces. We all have these masks that we wear and we, you know, behave in a particular manner. And we are trained like that. You know, socially we have said, uh, Logo ke aise kehte Now, from that small comment like that to a larger idea of how people should think uh, I'm successful or I'm not successful, whatever. So we constantly give away these signals and your handwriting and signature captures them specifically. So Naina, I'm going to tell you how you are misunderstood by people people because of the gap in your signature and your handwriting okay so i'm going to be specific about it one point that i already mentioned you come across as an independent person very clear with your idea and also you're blunt in the way you express yourself so people believe that you are highly independent but in reality that is not true You do not like too much of freedom. You don't like too much of independence. You love your family. You love that small circle that you function from. And as you mentioned, you know, like when you're making decisions, you will pick up a phone and call a friend, call your husband, call somebody to kind of bounce your ideas with. So the whole impression of being an independent woman that you have been giving to people is not true.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true.
0: You're absolutely right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> second thing is people do look at you as an impatient person and you also because of the speed and, and excitement that you get into so once you get excited that's also one of the things especially in public when you are getting the whole team excited about the same concept that you are excited about you turn into this very very large personality and you wonder where that comes from you do not behave like that otherwise but when you have to get a team going there is a larger voice and you're more more inspirational and you're like oh where did I read this code I don't have no clue but it's coming right now and (laughs) (laughs) there's an immense flow and the role of like a motivator or motivational speaker that you walk into and that happens like quite often
1: yeah I think any also like work-wise leadership roles right you just need to sort of get everyone on the same track. Um, and, and like we said, more so even now because I felt like we were giving so much support to other people, but we don't realize how we need that support ourselves, right? I would tell them in a bossy way. I'm like, please meditate. It's not an option. Because I'm like, you have to train your mind to sort of disconnect from this 24-7, you know, sort of or oh, very intense behavior right or like getting them together because we want to do get something done and um, it's so funny you say this because we've been um, like march has been a crazy month and you know we were just trying to close everything because we had a long weekend and like the india teams are off i don't want anyone working on a monday right if, if they're supposed to be like just yeah. chilling at home and so this colleague of mine she was so funny she's like have you seen uh, hume rahi that 90s film. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I'm like the one with baby Kunal Kemu. That's the first thing I thought of. I don't know why. And she's like, Do you know that scene in the film where Amir Khan's factory is about to shut down? All the women just get together and they're like, "Me 10 Rumal 15 rumal banaungi. You know, <laughs> And it's so, like, I cracked up. I even wanted to, like, I was in half a mind to, like, go on YouTube and be like, let me just, like, look at the scene again. But she's like, that's what you're doing for us. Like, that's how it feels like, right? Because yeah. I've also learned that if you want to encourage people, you have to embody that, right, yep. yourself. You can't just, like they say, pardon my French, but talk out of your ass. Like, you have to, you have to be what they want to see. So um, And I used to teach also earlier, so Aditi, I don't know if that, you know, it's it's also like I, I'm very passionate about education because I spent half my life studying a different curriculum and then I moved to India and I figured that a lot of what we do is just, you know, learning by rote. It was not mm. uh, immersing yourself. Um, in fact, I was giving lectures at, you know, my previous colleges and stuff like that. I used tutoring kids as well. And they all felt like, Oh my God, we can change the world, you know, like our journalism will change the world. Um, and the reality is you may go out there and it may not happen. But I always felt like even if I can impact five to 10 people out of a class of 80, my mm. work is done. You know, Great. like those five people will go out there and kill it. <laughs> you know, And that's good <laughs> enough. No, also you do have this mother
0: hen kind of, you know, let me take responsibility of the whole gang and and, and we as a group, as a team will move forward one day. And that's delightful, especially in a profession that you are, which requires empathy to yeah. great degree and if you know very few professions allow that especially where people have become so objective and so so critical of one another it it breaks my heart to see how people just look at a photograph and say yes no swipe yeah. left and right and i feel oh my god i'm sure beauty is way more than the photograph that you are seeing and the person is you know much deeper but yeah. we do not give people that true chance so i it- believe Uh, through your venture, you're actually letting people explore one another.
1: Absolutely. It's something we also say, like, you know, you may meet someone, you may come away with like, uh, you know, 10 stereotypes that you inferred, right? Um, I always tell them, I'm like, one interaction, it's like peeling an onion. How do you know everything based on one chat? That not only is it um, very unfair to the other person, it's also unfair to yourself. So it's something but that, also
0: something interesting that I learned about surf coffee is that you do not give photographs. No. <laughs> what all you no. do not give? That was so fascinating. I was so happy to even, you know, have that possibility
1: to not have this, face. This, this scares all the guys, right? They're just like, what? <laughs> Who will I be set up with? So that's, that's what I tell them. I'm like, you'll have to trust, right? You'll have to take a leap of faith. And I always tell people, we're also here to hear you out not only is the process intuitive it's also interactive where you Mm -hmm. can give feedback you can get feedback and that's really a game changer right there um so i think once someone commits right to this then they do sort of open up like they're just like look i trust you you've been doing this for 12 years let's let's give this a stab but then every now and then you will sort of have that person who wants to micro analyze Every single thing, because like you said, just we're all, you know, beyond our faces. Right. Mm-hmm. And what you read on a sheet of paper, more so because this whole analogy that you have about that signature and the handwriting difference, the biggest uh, analogy of that is like a biodata, where people sound <laughs> so good. You know, they're like, went to this B school, went to Harvard Business School. And then when you meet them, you'll know, Achha, it was a three month diploma. Yep. It wasn't even like, you know, an MBA or something, but which is fine. But I I do say, I do say this, that we
0: meet each other's signatures and we are stuck with the handwriting, which is a true personality forever. So people do that.
1: Absolutely. So this whole like putting, making yourself great on paper in whatever way is something that we have to like kill every time. We're just like, yeah, it's okay. I don't need like praises, you know, paragraphs of praises of you, it's it's not required. Let us sort of, you you said it already, we like to under promise and over deliver. That's just our style, right? I think that's my style as well, where I'm just like, try something out. And if you really, really love it, you'll go and tell five people, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's something that I experienced with you as well. Like I tell you, I, I tell every second person about you, whoever I think needs to come, because I feel like this can really help you because I've tried it myself true, true. right, um, and I think that just becomes such a huge uh, trust, you know, like this connector between people, between situations true. that the whole world is moving with this trust, right like it's just where I mean I'm sitting here and bearing my soul. Okay, that's dramatic, but whatever said and done is because there's an element of trust between us. Of course. So it's it's just one of those things that we've learned to articulate and, and be honest about rather than, you know, hide it under the, brush it under the carpet and just be like, no, no, you are right. You know, mm. everything you say is right. It's like, no, sometimes people need to hear a different perspective. They may not like it, but it's, uh, again, maybe goes back to my... I don't know, I have some, you know, Dej Bhakti kind of like this, uh, you know, trait of just just being being honest at all times. Thank you for making this whole process so
0: humane and making it like, you know, like something that you can openly evolve with. I think that's why... When I met you for the first time, I was like so surprised to see that it is not an objective algorithm based process, but it is about conversation, interaction and understanding the person, which is, I think, my favorite part of any human experience when you get to take time to understand the other person. Thank you so much, Daina, for being on the show. And thank you so much for sharing all these beautiful things. I think all our listeners who are in the dating space and
1: dating age will remember all of that. And be more open than ever before. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aditi. It was a real pleasure, um, as always. Thanks.
0: After talking to Naina, I feel slightly more open about the online dating options. She said, be open-minded, isn't it? i think i should consider for sure in any case if i meet a stranger i can always use handwriting analysis to know deeper aspects of that person and dating becomes much easier than what you can imagine now if you have that as a concern you don't want to waste time dating random people wrong people go ahead learn graphology with me the masterclass starts on 1st of may 2021 all you got to do is go on the website aditisurana.com and register yourself so that my team can talk to you and we can figure out how this four week power pack program can talk about 20 different graphology based traits and blow your mind on so many areas that you can't even imagine so if you're fascinated you're still wondering oh graphology works how does it work how can she talk about so many things you can do that too come join us on this beautiful beautiful program so on a friday episode i'm going to talk about focus concentration you know so many people have all these assumptions about oh my god i can't focus my concentration is so poor and all these ideas also come from their childhood understanding of how to focus so let's understand as adults what can we do to focus on the right things and enjoy them by being engrossed and engaged and involved with them now all the tips and tricks and hacks i'm going to talk about all of that on a friday episode so i'll see you on friday till then happy writing